Hi, I'm Paul Spain, and welcome to episode 105 of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, again, coming to you from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, where uh, I've been attending uh, CES, or International CES, uh, previously known as the Consumer Electronics Show. A uh, huge amount going on here, and uh, I've, been, I've been trying to connect with... Um, with some of the, I guess, the more uh, interesting uh, attendees uh, here at CES. Uh, in our last episode, um, we, we spoke with uh, a number of, uh, of startups that were uh, were presenting themselves uh, at CES. Uh, this time around, uh, talk, talking to um, another mix of, uh, of companies, some, some bigger names and some, uh, some names you won't have heard of before. So I uh, hope you enjoy this. Uh, let's, uh, let's jump in uh, with our first interview which is uh well fasc- fascinating um in how weird it is we're going to talk to um well we're going to talk about a product called happy fork all right let's jump in right now with uh, fabrice bhutan of uh, happy labs now we're here looking at quite an unusual product. This is the uh, the Happy Fork, and uh, it's won an Innovation uh, Award here at CES 2013. Fabrice, tell me what the Happy Fork is all about, and why uh, why we all should consider using an electronic fork to eat with. Thank you, Paul. Welcome to Happy Labs. And yes, as you said, this is the first smart fork in the world. It's called the Happy Fork, and it's directly connected via Bluetooth to your smartphone. So what it's going to do, it's going to be tracking important data about your eating habits. I don't know about you, but my mother told me all my life, Fabrice, you eat too fast. And honestly, it's so difficult to slow down. It's so so is that why you invented this product? So I'm not the inventor, I'm the CEO and the founder of Happy Labs. Okay. But it's a French inventor, I mean like me, and uh, this guy spent his life working on finding a solution. So I was very happy when I met him and said, okay, we have to work together. Because those data, every time you track something or you measure, then there is room for improvement. So eating is so important in our health. I hear more and more that more than 50% of our health come from what we eat. So taking good habits is something that has to be implemented. And this happy fork is tracking the time you eat, the time you finish eating. It's tracking as well the number of times you're going to be bringing the happy fork to your mouth. So, meaning we will have interesting data per country between France, US, New Zealand, Australia. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see a little bit what are the eating habits of different countries. And the most important one is going to be the the time interval between each fork serving. So, if I eat more than 10 seconds, nothing will happen. I will continue eating. But in the case I will go too fast, less than 10 seconds, then I will have... Earth, uh, gentle vibration telling me Fabrice you have to slow down and that's how we're going to be helping people to slow down their eating habits and the way they eat okay so that's what it's all about slowing slowing down the eating yeah because you know it's something that uh, there are medical studies showing that eating more slowly you know at the end when you eat more slowly people who are eating more slowly eat 11% less calories so you still enjoy the food, but at the end, you're going to be eating less. And our brain takes about 20 minutes to give the signal to stop eating. So that's one way. And at the same time, when you eat more slowly, it means you will take more time to chew the food. 
then your digestion is going to be much better. Okay, so what sort of price uh, point is the Happy uh, Happy Fork uh, price priced at? Yeah. And is there one model, two models? What have, what have you got? What there is one model. It's very simple. I mean, everybody knows how to use a fork and uh, easy to connect to your mobile phone. It's coming with a mobile application. It's coming with a web dashboard with a free coaching program and as well as a free family and social game so you can enjoy and, and play with the kids, train them, help them and it's going to cost $99. Okay, 99 US dollars and can you throw it in the dishwasher? Yes, very easily. You remove the sensor, you put it inside the dishwasher and then uh, very simple. It's going to be available in February. Okay. It will be on Kickstarter and will be shipped to the US in uh, the first quarter, the second quarter, sorry, of 2012, 2013. And available to, uh, to international customers as well outside of the US? Yes, and after the US, it's going to be available internationally. Great. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Fabrice. Thank you so much, Paul. Well, I hope in, uh, you enjoyed hearing about, uh, about the Happy Fork. And, uh, yeah, let me know if you are uh, lining up to get a Happy Fork and, uh, and uh, if you think that it will help you lose some weight. Now, ne- next up, uh, we talk about a new uh, a newish um, uh, product called Rara. And uh, this is a, uh, a streaming music service, a little bit different to uh, some of the other ones that's out there. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Let's jump in. Right now I'm with uh, Nick Massey, CEO of uh, rara.com. Now, Rara is a, uh, a music subscription service. Uh, I guess could, could be compared with some of the other players out there, such as Spotify. Uh, Nick, tell us what's, uh, what's unique about uh, Rara and, uh, and whether we can get it in the New Zealand market. Well, first things first, absolutely you can get it in the New Zealand market, and it's actually proven to be incredibly, incredibly popular. In fact, we're seeing some of the some of the uh, brightest numbers and growth numbers come out of the New Zealand market right now. So, so that's the first thing. In terms of why we're different, uh, the, the the first thing to note about Rara is you don't have to search for your music with Rara. So you don't have to show up to have a knowledge of music. With Rara, you show up with your feelings. So, for example, if tonight I'm going to have a dinner party with my mates and I want to put some party music on, I go to Rara service and I look for a party playlist that we've created for you by our team of musicologists which spend all day putting together these playlists. If you want to have a chill-out night, then go find the chill-out playlist. That's there also. Uh, there's never any adverts on Rara, so you don't have to listen to somebody trying to sell you something. It's totally advert-free, and it's incredibly simple and easy to use, and it's been designed that way from scratch. Right. And so what platforms is it available on? It's uh, available on PC and, and Mac. It, you can get it on uh, your, your iPhone. You can get it on your Android phone. You can get it on Windows 8. Uh, you yeah, get, the Windows uh, 8 app looks quite nice. Yeah, we're the first, apart from Microsoft, we're the first music service to develop on Windows 8. We're the first ones out there, and we're particularly proud of how that actually looks. So I'd encourage uh, your listeners to go and check that out. Cool. So the, the app itself is available as a free download? Uh, you can uh, you can you can download it out of the uh, the various app stores that exist uh, from the, the from the various device. Uh, if you got a PC from the various device uh, uh, players. Yep. Uh, alternately, if you've got a Lenovo PC, if you go uh, uh, scroll across one screen right next to the eBay tile, you'll actually see Rara preloaded 
on Lenovo uh, devices, and you can go and enter right there. Oh, that's a pretty good distribution deal that you've hooked up there by the sounds of it. Now, uh, what are the subscription prices for using rara.com? Okay, I'll quote, I'll quote you in US dollars just to keep it simple. It's uh, $4.99 uh, US dollars for uh, uh, per month of the web service and $9.99 for the web plus um, uh, your mobile uh, phone, which you can link to the service. But, the fir- but for the first three months, we give you something called a discounted introductory subscription where we'll make the web service $0.99 cents for three months okay. and we'll make the web plus mobile $1.99 for three months. Okay. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. We'll, uh, we'll definitely check that one out. So it's uh, rara.com, rara.com, right? That's great. Yeah, many thanks, Paul. Excellent. All right. Thanks very much, Nick. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Well, uh, next up, we, uh, we we hear from Lenovo, and uh, I had a bit of a look at some of their, uh, some of the new products, which look quite quite interesting. So uh, so let's dive in uh, with Lenovo. Right now, I'm here with Ashley Perry from Lenovo, and we're looking at some of the new newest products that uh, Lenovo's announced here at CES. How are you doing there, Ashley? I'm doing great, thanks. Good. Now, uh, first up, we're looking at the uh, the new ThinkPad Helix. Now, this is really different from any of the other ThinkPads that we've uh, that we've seen before, and and also different from any of the other sort of tablet convertibles on the market. Maybe you can just uh, run us through, let us know what uh, what's what's unique about the uh, the ThinkPad Helix. Sure. One of my favorite things about the ThinkPad Helix is, of course, the versatility. So with this device, you have an Ultrabook, so it's going to meet your Ultrabook spec. It's an 11.6 inch screen, and What's awesome about this and really unique about this that makes it different from all the other convertibles like you mentioned is that you can detach the tablet from the base and all of your computing power is in the tablet up to an i7 processor. So we're talking about high-end computing here. Yeah, that's great. uh, In a tablet form factor. What's really neat about it also, um, in addition to that, is that the the spec and the config goes all the way up in terms of memory. You've got eight gigs of RAM. You've got plenty of storage, solid state storage to 256. Um, and you've got battery life in both the tablet and the base. Yeah, that's unusual. There's only only one or two other products that have that have done that sort of thing before. Now, also understand there's cooling in the base as well. So when you uh, when you dock the two together, you you you're able to really wind the processor up to absolute maximum uh, performance as well, right? Exactly. So yeah, in addition to gaining some battery life and the fact that that base is charging you up um, while you're uh, operating in the uh, notebook mode, you are getting full performance from that i7 processor if that's the one that you chose. And exactly uh, for that reason is that because we have extra fans in the base, we're able to cool it better, so let's throttle it way up. When you yep. detach it and you go to just the tablet mode, we'll throttle, th- throttle it down just a bit um, so that we make sure that we're staying cool enough to handle it with the fans that are on board in the tablet. Cool, yeah, it's a, it looks like a really nice product. So we've got uh, 11.6-inch screen, uh, obviously full touchscreen operating in, in tablet mode, and, and the same when it's docked in uh, and, and operating like a, a laptop or ultrabook. And, of course, it's got, um, it's got the stylus as well, um, so it gives you access to, I guess, the, uh, the handwriting recognition capabilities built into Windows 8. Exactly, and uh, in addition to that, so it's the Wacom technology. So this is a true pressure-sensitive pen. So you can take advantage of things like signature capture, but if you really want to be able to use this um, for a true pen experience, you have all that pressure sensitivity. This could even be your digitizer. It could double for that as well. Right, so you can do do 
whatever design type things and so on. Yeah, if you're an artist, this might be your dream uh, product. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's kind of kind of cool. Now, uh, what uh, what sort of weight are we talking about for uh, you know for for when it's combined together into that sort of laptop uh, type form factor? We're at 3.75 pounds, so maybe a bit heavier than some of the other solutions out there. But what we're really targeting here is the flexibility of being able to detach and still not compromise on your computing experience. So what we're finding is a lot of users love this because they don't have to carry two devices. It's an Ultrabook and a tablet in one. You don't have to worry about syncing your content or your information across two devices or, or any of that. This is you know both devices in one with no compromise when it comes to the power. Yeah, that looks nice. And and just for the, the, the tablet component, uh, when if that's you know separated off, maybe you know want to take that out for a meeting and so on. What sort of weight do you have to carry around there? Uh, that's going to be uh, 2.8 pounds okay. for that for that tablet. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that. Now, um, let's just just looking at the specs. What sort of ports have we got uh, available here? You, you've got uh, USB connections on the base, USB three connections. If you want to uh, uh, plug in some um, some fast gadgetry. Exactly. You've got two USB three ports on the base. You have mini display port and your power port. So you're going to pick up those ports when you dock it in. When you detach it, you have all sorts of uh, ports as well detached. So if you look at at the base of the tablet, um, you'll notice we've got a proprietary connector there. We still have our power and we still have our mini display port and we've got USB 2 here. Mm, mm. So you can still take advantage of all those ports even if you're just in tablet mode. Okay, that's cool. Now the other unique thing is that you can uh, you can flip the tablet around on the uh, on the base, can't you? So uh, if you don't want to use it as a uh, as a laptop, you can either sort of set it up just to you know display stuff, or you can fold it back down again and use it as a you know a bit of a chunkier uh, tablet. But you've got all the extra battery life associated with that. Exactly. So um, we we have different modes here. We've seen in the convertibles category that people love to have different modes and ways to use these products. So, you know, in addition to having the regular traditional laptop mode, you can turn it around as a stand to view or display content, which is really a nice feature. And then, like you mentioned, you can lay it all the way down for what we call tablet plus mode, which gives you that extra um, power from your processor because we're connected fully, and yeah. also extra battery life as well. Yeah, So great. up to 10 hours. Okay, um, so 10 hours. Solution. So if you're just running uh, the, the, the tablet uh, separately, how, what's the sort of battery life you can expect? You'll have six hours with just the tablet alone, okay. and there's four in the base. And again, even if you're not plugged in, that base will be topping you off on the tablet portion. So it'll right. be charging it for you, okay. so that every time you detach, you're fully charged. That's great. Now, uh, over, over to our left here, there's, uh, there's another product. Now, this um, bears some similarities, some products we've seen from some other vendors, but it's got something really unique about it. Uh, tell, tell us what, we look, what, uh, what we've got here. This is a new 27-inch uh, uh, touchscreen all-in-one machine, right? Exactly. It's called the Lenovo Idea Center Horizon. We're really excited about this because it gives you everything you would possibly want in an all-in-one in terms of config. So right. you've got so you've got a, basically a PC. Everything's built into the monitor, right? Exactly. All enclosed in one. Everything's in one. 27-inch multi-touch. You've got 10-finger touch here. Um, you've got a high-def screen. You've got full HD. 
In terms of the config, you can go up to an i7 processor, eight gigs of RAM, a terabyte of storage, discrete graphics. So you can really pump this thing up to be the most amazing all-in-one you could possibly want, really. Um, but then there's more. In addition to that, and the reason we call it the table PC, mm. because we've added this interface called Aura. And Aura is uh, really designed for multiple users to collaborate, which is why we're calling it this interpersonal experience. Right. Because when you go to the multimedia side of things, you can tip this um, so that it's actually horizontal, right? Mm, so we're not mm. vertical, traditional PC computing that way. Yep. You can tip it horizontal so it is like a table. Then that interface comes up and multiple users can gather around this thing to take advantage of all the multimedia capability. Yeah, well, looking at some of the games there, um, so there was a uh, an air hockey type game and uh, I guess what was unique here that I hadn't seen before is that actually you had a... Um, what do you call it? The piece that you hold. Oh, with, a puck. With, yeah, uh, the with, air hockey with, puck. Yeah, yep. uh, to uh, to hold, and it uh, you know it detects that, and so you're actually able to play on the on the screen without actually using touch screen. Uh, and the other one there, there were a few sort of dice games like Monopoly and so on. Yeah. And you've got an electronic dice. Now this is quite a quite a new thing. I haven't seen that before. Yeah, we've got uh, some really cool accessories. I, what I like about it is um, you kind of get the best of both with that. I don't know if you're like me, but I kind of feel like when I'm rolling an electronic dice on a screen, it's just kind of you push a button and it rolls. I wonder, did I really have any influence over that die? Yeah. I like to be able to either throw it soft or throw it hard and know, okay, it landed on what I threw it on. It's yeah. not kind of like that whole experience where you wonder. But So this electronic die is uh, got a G-sensor inside and it's able to detect what it, uh, the PC is able to detect where it lands, Which way up it and it lands. registers that on the screen. Yeah, and you can even you can throw it even pretty far from yep. the PC, and it's still paired, so it knows where right, it landed. Right, so, it's so if, neat. If, if it falls off the uh, the tabletop, that's not not too much of a problem. Not a problem. Yeah, and we also have a joystick um, that has a suction cup on the base, so and it'll detect that as well. So you can you can suction cup the joystick to the table PC and be able to use that to control. Um, games as well. Okay, so you can play maybe old school arcade type games, that sort of thing. Exactly. Okay, that's cool. Now, um, also you've got um, you've got a couple of new monitors that are, that are, that are coming through that are uh, touchscreen monitors, right? Just yes. Tell me about these. They're a little, little bit different. Yeah, they're touchscreen, um, but what is really unique about them, and, and I haven't seen any like them out there, is that they're, they're truly portable monitors. So we have a lot of customers out there, and I myself actually uh, am a road warrior. I'm constantly on the road, 80 to 90%. And what I love about this is it gives me a second display that I can take with me so that when I'm working in a hotel room, I've got two screens, I can be a lot more productive. Right. If I have a small meeting with three or four people, I can actually face the second screen around to the people that are um, in the meeting with me and I can keep my computer facing towards me. Right. Uh, so it really just gives you a lot of versatility and the fact that it's really truly portable. We have the wired version that comes in around 1.6 pounds. So that's not a whole lot of extra weight to carry with you yep. to give you that second screen. Yeah, yep. less than 800 grams, that's great. Yeah. And uh, so you've got a, a wired version and, and there's a wireless one coming through. Um, now these are full touch screen. They've got a stylus as well. Is that right? Exactly. So, Again. so you can sort of, if you if you have it wirelessly connected back to your computer, you can sort of use it as a as a as a tablet itself. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. We've got the um, the pressure sensitive pen on board. We've got ten finger touch. It's a thirteen point three inch screen. 
Um, and you can really take advantage of touch, whether or not you have a touch computer. So, you know, we're finding a lot of users that bought computers recently that didn't buy touch screens. Mm. This monitor now gives you the beauty of touch with that other computer. Or if you do have a touch screen, you can imagine, especially with the wireless version, yeah. you can now collaborate with another user. You can hand somebody the tablet that's wireless that has the touch. You right. can be working from a touch PC. The two of you can collaborate together on the same content. And, and how far, what's the distance of the wireless? Uh, it actually just depends on your wireless network. So um, it's just what, using Wi-Fi. It is. So for instance, if you've got a you know, PC in one room, you want to have a tablet in the other room, you could actually take the wireless monitor and, and actually access your, your, main, uh, your main PC from, from a very thin and light 13.3-inch uh, screen. Yes, absolutely. It, it, it's designed specifically for that. It's uh, connecting over 802.11, and it's an ad hoc connection. So that's exactly what you can do with it, and it, it really gives you that versatility. Also, if you have maybe not even a notebook, like a desktop computer or something mm. that's a stationary PC, and you want to have the mobility, but you don't have to worry about you know trying to get your content onto the mobile device. Right. It's really just a window to whatever computer is running on the back end. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, thank you very much for your time, Ashley. Uh, good. Good to hear what's new from uh, from Lenovo here at CS 2013. Great, thank you so much. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed that. Definitely some uh, some interesting uh, technology and and so on there coming through from the from the team at uh, Lenovo. Uh, next up, we uh, dive in and and chat with the guys from uh, from Sony. Uh, first up, talking about some of their new smartphones, uh, including uh, one that you can. Well, I'm not quite sure you can do much with it underwater, but uh, but you can take it underwater, uh, which is uh, is is somewhat new for uh, for smartphones. Right now I'm uh, with Sony, with uh, Werner Chow from Sony. Now we're, we're looking at some of Sony's newest uh, smartphones here. Uh, first up is the Xperia Z. Now Werner, just, just talk us through this. This has got a 5-inch screen. Uh, it's the largest screen that we've, we've seen on a smartphone from, uh, from Sony before. Uh, now it's also, uh, I presume, got this new nano coating uh, associated with the product because you can submerge uh, the phone uh, in up to a meter of water. Is that right? That's right. It can actually be submerged for up to half an hour in one meter of water. That's, I guess, that's pretty handy if you want to uh, talk on the phone while you're in the shower, or uh, or if you want to take it swimming and you want to take videos of your baby that's learning how to swim. That's cool. So what are the other specs? You've got quite a high-spec high uh, uh, camera uh, setup in there, and I guess cameras is one area where, uh, where so, you know, Sony's known to be very good, particularly with a point-and-shoot and, shoot and uh, digital SLR uh, you know, type products. Run, run us through what's, uh, what's in the Xperia Z. So specifically, there's a 13-megapixel camera on the back facing and a 2-megapixel on the front facing. It takes full 1080p video recording, both front and back. And it has something called Superior Auto, and what that does is it automatically senses what type of picture you're taking from, you know, speed shots to a macro, and it automatically adjusts the sensor so that you can take absolutely crazy pictures no matter what you're doing. It also has Exmor RS and HDR, so it takes uh, multiple exposures of the pictures that you're taking and combines it into one photograph so that you'll get better low light quality and you'll get better quality when you've got highlight pictures. So like if you're in a bright sunshine. Uh, and then on top of that it has picture effects. So you can do things like take a black and white picture but highlight 
just the red in somebody's hair or you know a coat that's bright green so. yeah so you got a bunch of extra sort of software additions in there now in terms of uh, in terms of storage what does this one uh, come with it comes with 16 gigs of internal memory and it has a micro SD slot okay and what's the uh, what's the CPU what's the processor uh, type and type and speed in here. It's a quad core, isn't it? It is. It's a quad core. It's the latest Qualcomm Snapdragon S4 Pro, Pro, Pro processor. Absolutely. So it's got a great processor and it's really fast. It's an LTE, uh, LTE 4G technology phone, so it's about 10 times faster than your standard 3G speeds. Okay. And uh, what's the, la the launch date? We don't actually have a launch. No launch date yet. announced no. announced yet. And is Sony sort of moving to a, a global sort of launch cycle? Are we likely to see it released uh, in similar times and in, in different markets around the world? At this point, I don't have any information about launch dates. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that. Now, uh, what's the other uh, what's the other um, phone that you're you're also launching here at CES or announcing? We are launching the ZL or the ZL. Uh, the ZL is essentially internally the same handset it's got the same specs uh, the key difference is, is that it is not water resistant so it doesn't have that waterproof coating on the back um, it has a dedicated camera button with the front-facing camera on the bottom rather than on the top. Okay. It has an infrared sensor, so you can use it as a remote for televisions. Like a remote okay, okay. So you can use this to replace your remote on all of your Sony products and, and other third-party products as well. Some, yeah, as an infrared remote. And the other thing is that it's slightly smaller than the Z or the Z. Okay. Um, so it has the screen itself with the five-inch screen actually covers 75% of the overall body. So mm. it's a, almost all screen. It's a beautiful phone. Lovely. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you very much for uh, for showing us uh, what's new from Sony there on the uh, smartphone front. You're welcome. Cheers. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, so that's the update on uh, Sony Xperia uh, smartphones. Uh, ne next up, we hear a little bit about what's happening uh, from to uh, Sony with, uh, with their TVs. Right now, I'm with uh, Daryl Ishan from uh, Sony Electronics. We've been having a look at some of the new uh, television technology here from Sony. Uh, Daryl, run, run us through uh, the sort of the key announcements here at CES from Sony in the TV space. Okay. And, and uh, if you can also tell us about the um, uh, little prototype, well, large prototype that we've been yeah. look, looking at as well. Okay, so I will lead with the most exciting product at CES 2013, which is our 56-inch 4K OLED TV. That's pretty cool. That's uh, that's the first in the world, isn't it? To and have it's it, the to first have it, and the largest. Uh, Absolutely, it's yeah. unbelievable. If you remember, somewhere around 2007, we released a, an 11-inch OLED television, mm. and um, years after that, we've released slightly bigger ones for use in the medical device industry. Mm. What we're announcing here is an amazing breakthrough because not only is it a 56-inch, not only is it OLED, not only is it 4K, but we have a Sony the pieces in place to deliver an end-to-end -end experience for the users when it comes to 4K. Right, so you're making all the pieces in between and it's all, all sort of Sony technology? Absolutely. So yeah. many manufacturers have announced OLED televisions and hmm. while the competition has been struggling, so to speak, to make a 2K or a 1080p OLED TV, we have announced a TV that, be that as it may, that it's a prototype, is very, very close to final. It has a full UI, it's as close to a television as can be. So and so when would you pick that that's, this is likely to, to, to hit the market off the record? If I had to tell it, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no pricing has been announced and no availability has been announced just yet. It's still a prototype and we're still working on it and um, 
but it's it, lo- it looks yeah. It looks now we're, we're used to, we're used to the um, OLED technology and it's just sort of smartphones, really nice bright screen. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it st- how does it stand up? You know what what makes it really stand out uh, from you know from what we're used to with the LED TVs that uh, you know more common today. Okay, so LED televisions are really LCD TVs. The LED in the name refers to the light source. Yes. Historically, with LCD TVs, we used to use a light source called CCFL, fluorescent lamps. Mm. When we switched to LED backlighting, it improved several things. You had much more sleeker chassis. The televisions got thinner. Contrast ratio improved. Uh, black levels improved. Life expectancy improved. Um, power consumption, all those other things improved. But at the end of the day, it's still an LCD television. Yes. With an OLED TV, there is no light source because the pixel is self-emissive. Every, every individual pixel, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. So you yeah. get significantly enhanced and increased brightness, yeah. color accuracy, black levels, you name it. Motion, anything and everything that folks use to comment as being uh, a, a negative or a detriment of LCD technology is fixed with OLED because it's a new display technology, basically. Yep. Now, when this comes to market, it's going to be a higher-end pr- product in terms of pricing because from a ma- manufacturing standpoint, obviously taking a lot of time to get to this point of being able to produce at, at this sort of size. Uh, it's a much more complicated technology than, than LCD, of course, which has been around for, you know, for a long time and able to be produced you know, up to some pretty big you know, sizes now, uh, you know, such as your, uh, your new uh, you know, 4K 84-inch TV, for instance. Well, I'm actually glad that you mentioned that because while we're not talking about prices one of the amazing things with technology is that obviously it starts off high and then over time it works itself down late last year for example we introduced our 84 inch 4k television an amazing tv physically the biggest tv we've ever made this year we're introducing two additional sizes a 55 inch and a 65 inch xpr as you talked about so with the proliferation of sizes it allows for more applications different sizes and obviously potentially a lower price point as well Yep. Now with 4K coming in at those sort of smaller sizes, 50, you know, 55 inch and so on, uh, are you really going to get the full benefit of the 4K? I Absolutely. guess that depends on your eyesight, how close you sit to the TV and so on. Well, because course. when you sit back, sort of, you know, far enough, then you, you know, you're not going to be able to see the difference, right? There's always going to be a point at which, uh, you know, your eyes aren't able to, you know, take advantage of that definition. There's always a point of diminishing returns. That said, you can sit a heck of a lot closer to a 4K television than you can to a 2K. For example, you can sit closer to our 84-inch TV than you can to a 46-inch 1080p television. And um, we've had several people come over, take a look at some of the displays. We have several of them set up here. And the perception is that you have to sit really close to a 4K TV to take advantage of the extra resolution. But as people find out with side-by-side comparisons, even at further distances, the sharpness, the detail, the accuracy in text and in data and in images is astounding and noticeable on 4K TVs than they are in 2K. Okay, good stuff. Well, um, thank you for uh, for showing us around. Anything else uh, new that we should be aware of from Sony uh, as far as the, the TVs are concerned? I remember there was uh, some comments around uh, a uh, an NFC remote control. Absolutely. What's so, that all about? So the three things to keep in mind with Sony's televisions for 2013. Three things. See more, hear more, and do more. Under see more, we've obviously talked about 4K. Another aspect of see more is a technology called triluminous. In a basic simplification, it's a TV with a wider color gamut. So the television is able to resolve better reds, better greens, better blues, that kind of stuff. 
when it comes to hear more, we're using liquid magnetic, uh, liquid magnetic speakers uh, or technology in our television sets. People want thinner TVs. What usually happens is that the thinner the television gets, usually sound gets compromised. What we've decided to do is go back to the basics, make an amazing television, great picture and great sound. Mm. So we're using these speakers that sound superior to just about anything else that you've heard on any television that you've seen in the, in the past. And under Do More, our connectivity story on these televisions is amazing. Wi-Fi as always, Bluetooth and NFC. So for example, with NFC and some of our new 2013 phones like the Xperia Z, yep. all you have to do is grab the phone, touch it to the back of the remote control for the television, and instantly it mirrors your phone on the TV set. Oh, so imagine if you have photos, if you have yep. music, if you have videos, movies, whatever that you have on your phone, you're able to enjoy it on a bigger, better television than you would on your 5-inch screen. I mean, the screen right. from the and is, and is that going to work with other, other phones as well? Initially, it's only available, uh, it's only compatible with um, select Sony Xperia phones. But, okay. Um, it's it's based on of, off of NFC, so since NFC is a technology standard that's being used by others, it's safe to say that at some point in time there'll be compatibility with non-Sony phones. But currently, it's only available on Sony phones. Okay. Oh, well, that's great. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for giving us the update on uh, what you. Sony's doing with TVs. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Daryl. Right, and uh, now we're going to hear uh, hear an update of what's happening in the uh, in the handycam area from uh, from from Sony with their um, their video cameras. Okay, uh, right now with uh, LD Nordia uh, of Sony Electronics, and we've been uh, going around looking at some of the new uh, camera technology coming through from uh, from Sony. Uh, happens to be an area of interest for me because I use a uh, a Sony um, SLT A65 camera. Uh, which I quite like, um, but uh, w we've been looking at your video, uh, your video products here in particular today. Now, a couple of uh, couple of new announcements. First of all, uh, we've just the, what we've just been looking at is the Handycam with projector and an auxiliary input. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so this is our uh, third generation of projector on a Handycam. Um, two years ago we released the first camcorder ever to have a projector model. I believe we're the uh, only company still to have that. Um, but demand uh, right off the bat, uh, people were saying, well why can't I have an input into my camcorder? You know, for the projector. So since you've got a projector, why can't I use it for something else as well, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Now, you know, it's a, it's a really, really great tool uh, for, you know, instant gratification. So, you know, you, you're going to Disneyland and uh, or you go on a vacation somewhere and you shoot this great content or the kids running around and whatever you want you know maybe you go on a romantic trip to Paris you get back and um, or you know to your hotel room or you go to grandma's house and she's got a small tube TV and you say hey let's show you some you know really cool footage and you can see it instantly now you you were also highlighting another uh, uh, feature there that allowed the uh, camera actually go through and uh, sort of pick out the highlights for you. Tell us how that works. Yeah, so that's a uh, feature called Highlight Playback. The camera's got really intelligent algorithm that looks for certain things in your footage. It'll look for things like uh, pan or zoom. It'll look if you fix on an object for a long time. It'll look for face recognition or smile shutter. And then it'll determine that those are highlight features. So if you if you don't want to go and watch, you know, hours and hours of footage that hasn't been recorded yet, but let's say, for instance, you spend a whole day in uh, Disneyland again and uh, you want to see some highlight reels 
reel. You get back into your room, you push highlight playback, it'll pick out three minutes of just little highlight reels. It'll do automatic transitions and add music to it. You could also upload your own MP3 to the camcorder itself if you want and play your own music, but it'll play back a little highlight reel of everything that it deems important. It's pretty, actually a pretty cool feature. Yeah, sounds like a bit of fun. Now, uh, tell us about the, uh, the uh, image stabilization that we're looking at as well. So yeah, so another improvement that we've done, uh, last year we announced a balanced optical steady shot and we had it on some of our higher end models and we're bringing that down through the lineup and expanding it to more models. So essentially what balanced optical steady shot does is instead of an optical steady shot where only one lens element moves on an XY axis to stabilize the image, um, it, it has limitations. It can only move so far and so fast. With balanced optical steady shot, the entire optical block, so from the front lens all the way back through to the actual sensor, is encased in one solid unit that is on an XY gyro. So you can move the camcorder around and the entire block on the inside would move around. It actually gives you 13 times more stabilization than even the best optical steady shot. So you you could, I mean, yeah, you had a little bit of demo. It's, it certainly looked pretty cool. I mean, the uh, the camera you had sitting there was, you know, really bouncing around and, you know, the, the image was, yeah, was fairly close to stable and considering how much movement there was so right. yeah it's certainly a, a, a good step forward so uh, hey that's great to see uh, thank you for that Aldine you're welcome uh, one other thing that we didn't mention was the input I think you, you touched on it oh yes so input on the projector model um, yep. you know the demand for everybody saying we want to go in this allows you to go into the camcorder now with an HDMI input so whether you've got a, a tablet or a smartphone that's got an HDMI or even your laptop that you come out or Blu-ray player I mean right. you could literally go into yeah. that with an HDMI and project up to 100 inches uh, using your camcorder as your uh, projector. Okay, cool feature. Thanks. Yep. Great. Thank you very All much. Right. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that's us for this episode. I uh, hope you've enjoyed uh, catching a, a little bit of what's been happening here at uh, at C- CES. Uh, we'll be back shortly with uh, with another uh, episode, so uh, please do tune back in then. You can, of course, find us online, nztechpodcast.com. Uh, we're at facebook.com slash nztechpodcast. Also on Twitter, nztechpodcast. Uh, and, of course, you can follow me, Paul Spain, on, on Twitter also. Uh, and Paul Spain is my uh, is my Twitter handle. All right, thanks everyone. We'll catch you on the next episode of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. See ya.